Good morning, Geneva. Hey, I don't, I don't know about you guys, uh, what you're binging this semester or over break. Um, my wife decided to binge this show, The Great British Baking Show. I don't know how many else, else did that. And so in the first four weeks of 2021, she has made three cakes and a cheesecake. And um, my body's starting to feel it a little bit. Uh, and, and this cold is easy for us to just, uh, just get sedentary, right, and not move as much as we need to. So um, we want to provide some recreation, recreational options for you uh, on campus because you need to move a little bit. And so tonight, um, we're going to have an open gym rec night tonight, 7.30. The field house will be open. We're going to play basketball and spike ball tonight, so come, come join us in there. And then on Friday night, there's going to be, uh, we've rented out Brady's Run. We're going to play broom ball. If you've never played broom ball, it's like hockey without the skates and without uh, the, the uh, like a, a stick. It's like a, you're just like going around with a ball. Uh, it is like the perfect social distance activity because you've got like a, you, you got a stick and you're trying to stay away from each other. So that's happened at 7.30. And Intramurals is also going to be running a badminton tournament at that same time, so 7.30. So this week, um, I, I implore you, move your body a little bit. Take a walk with a friend. Do whatever you need. Um, go to rec night. Enjoy some of those other opportunities because uh, it's winter and we need to move. Um, Hey, I just want to remind you, as chapel ends uh, after the message, um, there will be a closing prayer in each of your rooms. That the, the leader will do it however they choose to do so. So just wait to be released from them before you leave today. Uh, we'll begin chapel. Enjoy your week, guys. Well, good morning. So our theme this morning is that God is our strength. What an amazing truth that we're going to encounter this morning. And both psalms go to this theme pretty well, I think. Psalm 91 is self-explanatory, so I'm going to get out of the way of God's word and let the Spirit do its work. So if you can, would you please stand and we'll read from Psalm 91 together. Together from Psalm 91, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust, for he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with pinions and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. Amen. You may be seated. If God's word is true, this is a God whom we can trust. Amen. Again, we're not singing yet, but this is the closest we feel we can come, okay, to singing together without singing together. And we're about to encounter Psalm 46C together. In Psalm 46, this is a psalm, again, like last week, that we, when we are singing together again, we will sing this with, with some regularity. So it's good to get it in our ears and in our hearts. And in Psalm 46, we find a world literally falling apart at the seams. 
But God, in the midst of this, is holding his people close and even bringing great joy. In this psalm is the very, very famous line, be still and know that I am God. Many of us, some commentators say this is the way to read it, and many of us approach it this way as a fairly individualistic, be still and know that I am God, just you and your God together. You find it on uh, lace pillows and things like that. It's a very devotional thought. I don't want to take away from that. Other commentators say God is, at this point, is speaking to these nations who would oppose his people. And he's laying the verbal smackdown, saying, stop, be still. You will know that I am God. Maybe it's both. Either way, the point is clear. God is God. And his love for his people is fierce. So let's experience Psalm 46 See together as the words are on the screen and we hear a new song. Christian, what do you believe? I believe in God, Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, 
born of the Virgin Mary, son and crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he arose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please join me in prayer. Gracious God, we are reminded of the words of the psalmist. Blessed is the person who fears the Lord, who finds great delight in his commandments. We come to you this morning because we need you. You are wise, and we need wisdom and discernment. You are all-sufficient, and we are weak. We are needy, and you are near, the one who can help us with whatever we face. We're grateful for this time to corporately reflect on who you are and who you call us to be. We are not islands to ourselves, for you created us to be in community and to contribute to the well-being of others. May we live our lives encouraging each other to study, learn, and live well while extending kindness, care, and forgiveness. For when we do this, we are loving our neighbor as ourselves and loving you with all of our heart, soul, and mind. Our hearts go out to members of our community who are distressed, grieving, sick, or tired due to the circumstances they are currently facing. Provide them refuge, comfort, recovery, renewed strength, and hope. We are grateful for each student. This is a unique time in their lives to focus on preparing for their vocation and calling. Kindle in their hearts a fire to study and learn, to learn as much as they can so that their minds and hearts will be fully prepared to live out their vocation and career in the workplace, in their communities, church, and family. Thank you for each family member or faculty member for their commitment and diligence in living out their calling in this place and in this time. Renew their strength throughout the semester. Enable their teaching and their conversations in and outside the classroom to nurture students as fully as possible. Grant them all they need to be faithful to their calling. We pray for our staff and are grateful for the roles that they play in the mission of Geneva College. Help each one to do their work with diligence, knowing that we first do it unto you and second, to support students in the process of learning. We pray for the leadership of Beaver Falls community, our state and country. Grant them hearts and wisdom to lead well for the benefit of those they serve. May we, as members of the community, support each other and seek through our actions to nurture a spirit of hospitality and service. We're grateful for our president, Dr. Traup, we ask that you would continue to lead and bless his leadership of Geneva College. As Pastor Baker speaks today, give us ears to listen, hearts that respond, 
and hands that put into practice the counsel that comes from your word today. Now as we close, uh, we remember the prayer that you taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The scripture reading is from Romans 10, 9-13. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. Um, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning to President Trout, his lovely wife, uh, the leadership, faculty, and staff, and you, the students here at Geneva College. Happy New Year. Good to see you all in 2021. Uh, let us go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we love you today, for you are our refuge and our rescue. You have brought us through another year a difficult year on many fronts, yet you remain. All on the earth can be shaken, Lord, but you are our solid rock. And so I'm asking now that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart would be acceptable in your sight, that you would give your people ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church and the faith and courage to live out your truth in their lives. This we pray in the strong name of Jesus and everybody who loved him said amen. Amen. The word of the Lord comes from Psalm 18. <clears throat> Psalm 18, the first three verses. It says, to the choir master, Psalm of David, the servant of the Lord, who addressed the words of this song to the Lord. On the day when the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul, he said, I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield. And the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. 
I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. And I am saved from my enemies. The word of God for you, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Today I want to speak from this subject. God is my strength. There's a song that I grew up listening to and learning from gospel recording artists, uh, the late Pastor Daryl Coley. The chorus of the song sings, God is my strength when I'm weak and worn. He is my refuge from the storm. In him there is peace, joy that will never cease. And I love him so. For he loved me so. He is my savior. Now and forever. He gave his life. So that I might live. Now see the interesting thing about Daryl Coley is he was not a hip hop artist, right? A Christian hip hop artist. He was who my mom listened to. And I was required and made to listen to when we were going to the store and going to grandma's house and going to and from the church. But that song gripped my teenage soul so that when I was in tough seasons of life where I felt I had no security, those words came to my mind. Those words came to my lips. God is my strength. I remember the words of this song, giving me such an appreciation for the peace of God's sovereign protection in my life. And I've had seasons, and I'm sure you have had seasons, where only God is the one who has kept you. It helped me to love God and to look to God in the trials that I was facing in my life, students. The words taught me to know that I am never dealing with difficult circumstances or difficult people on my own. Because God is my strength even when the difficult person I am dealing with is myself. I don't know if there is a song or a poem that roots you in the reality of God as your strength as Coley's song did for me, but today's text can be yours. For today's text is an example in the word of God as of a song that David wrote to root himself in the reality of God's gracious protection, God's empowerment, and God's deliverance in his life. David wrote Psalm 18 as a praise and worship to to the reality that God is his strength. This is an important reality to be rooted in because when enemies attack the life of the believer, we should respond with love and praise and faith for God who is our strength through the salvation that we have received in Jesus Christ and through God's gracious protection in our lives. Uh, my cousin, who is a retired pastor in Detroit, always reminds me that who you call on first in times of trouble or is your God. Well, David tells us to call on God Almighty, who is his rock and his deliverance, his refuge and his rescue in times when enemies attack. There are times as believers where the attacks of the enemy can produce fear in us that tempt us to look for strength in our lives from the sources, from sources other than the God of our salvation. Have you been there? So the relevant question we must ask within our own souls today is where have you been looking for strength in life?
when life's enemies attack. Today's text teaches us, friends, that we should in all circumstances and at all times look to God as our strength when enemies attack. Number one, because God is our refuge when enemies, when enemies attack. Listen to verse two again. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. When David pens this psalm of love to God, he uses the imagery of a mountainous fortress of solid rock to describe God and who God has been in his life. It is possible that David is remembering the caves of the mountains that he hid in during when he was running from his mentor turned enemy King Saul or when he was running from his son turned insurrectionist Absalom. And while David reflects and realizes that it was not his knowledge of the caves which he hid that were his protection from his enemy's attack. It was God who was his shield, his rock and fortress that he fled to for refuge from the bloodthirst of Saul and Absalom. God is David's strength because God is David's refuge. He's his hiding place. He's where he goes when enemies are pursuing God is David's mountain fortress of protection when enemies attack. I saw an example of a young man who trusted in God in a very literal way, just like David did on the mission field. I encountered Jesus. Peter testifies when being attacked by the ruling authorities in Acts chapter 4, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone there is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name in heaven by which we must be saved. This is not the triumphalism, a triumphalism that teaches us that the believer will never suffer attack or affliction, friends. For it is God and Jesus Christ who bore the burden of our sins. And it is God in his good providence that watches over us and uses even our enemies' attack to bless us and strengthen us. Therefore, we praise the Lord because he is our refuge. He is our rock of protection when enemies are striking us, when enemies are attacking us, that enable us to even look our enemy, who is a very present threat, and say, in Christ, I will find my salvation. Secondly, the text teaches that God is my strength because God is my rescue when enemies attack. God is my rescue when enemies attack. Look again at verse 2 and you'll see the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. David also sees God as the one who intervenes to rescue him when his enemy is prevailing over him. In 2 Samuel chapter 21, just before we see the words of this psalm on the lips of the sweet psalmist of Israel for the first time, in chapter 22, David is being overtaken in battle because he has become fatigued. 
this mighty man of God is getting worn out by war, and David is delivered from the hands of the Philistine giant named Ishbi Benoth, who was about to murder David in battle until Abishai, the son of Zariah, came and intervened in David's quarrel and delivered him from certain death. After this, David's soldiers ordered the king to never come to battle again because he was getting too old to fight. Amen. There comes a point in all of our lives, I'm not talking to anybody in the room or on the campus, but when you got to just hang it up, amen? The mighty men say, David, no more. No, you're going you're gonna to cause us to lose the battle if you keep coming out to fight. Yet when David remembers that battle, when his life was saved, he does not give Abishai, the son of Zariah, the praise. All David remembers is this, that God delivered me from death. And the horn of salvation in battle was blown because God fought for David when the enemy was about to strike him to bring about his end. Have you ever come to the place, I have, where you were just too weak to deal with your enemy? All the fight was taken out of you. This is how Paul describes his personal impediment in his life and his work in Christ in 2 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10. Three times I pleaded with the Lord that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Hmm. It's not a message that's being heralded in our country. Humans are grappling and grabbing for earthly might. And power. My strength, God says, is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore, Paul says, I will boast all the more gladly in my weakness. See if that works on a test exam. So that the power of Christ may rest upon me for the sake of Christ, then I am content with weakness, insults hardships, persecutions, calamities. For when I am weak, I am strong. As David saw the strength of God and the strength of his soldiers, as David saw the intervention of God, the rescue of God, and the intervention of his soldiers, so we, my friends, as followers of Christ, are to remember and acknowledge that in moments of weakness, when we have been, when we should have been dead, when we should have been disqualified, when we should have been removed, when we should have been, would not have passed the test, that it, it was God who intervened in our weakness and delivered us from our destruction. Therefore, he deserves the highest praise. Amen? He deserves the praise for his grace and his mercy because God made a way. When there was no way, when I was weak, he showed that he was strong. When I should have failed out of school or failed that class, God used my struggles to make me stronger as a student. When my sin should have disqualified me from service in God's kingdom, God used my failure to show me that his grace, to show me his grace and to make my service stronger 
in his kingdom. When my family should have fallen apart, God used our brokenness to bring about his glory in our lives. Because he is our rescue. I just believe in, 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 in even in your youth, young people, that you've been rescued from some things. That allows you to know that come hell, come high water, God is your Strength. He is the one who you have cast your lot with. He is the one you're ultimately hoping with on and giving your allegiance to. If I was at my home church, I'd say, come on and give God some praise. <laughs> if God is your deliverer when your enemies are attacking, if God is your rescue when you are weak. Finally, God is our strength. Therefore, God deserves our faith when enemies attack us. It sits with me, the challenge from my cousin, who's a retired pastor, that God, the person you call first when you're in trouble is your God because it's a challenge to me because often in the time of trouble I don't call God first. I love to hear the voices of men and women I trust on the other end of the phone. But when enemies attack, David shows us that his faith, he learned to put his faith in the Lord and that our faith should be in the Lord. But it is interesting as we read David's story at large, it is interesting that David writes this psalm Dr. Trout, immediately after a near-death experience in the text. The way in which the text flows is that David, now being pulled off the battlefield, you can just see him all worn out, beat up, is then inducted into the Hall of Fame of Israel's mighty men. And after being rescued from death, the king, in the quiet of his chambers, can clearly see that his strength in battle under attack from his enemies was from the Lord. Yet as it is, as is the fleeting nature of human emotion and the feeble nature of human memory, after some time passes, David begins to look to human sources of strength to secure his life. For David in 2 Samuel 24 takes a census of the fighting men in Israel. And he angers the Lord at that move. Because it seems that David's motivation behind his senses is because during the later years of his reign, David began to look to his fighting men as his strength rather than God who was the source of his strength when he almost checked out of here. Yet when David was in danger, when David's life was in danger at the hands of the Philistines, he was clear that it was God who was his deliverer. So David wrote verse 1 of Psalm 18. I love you, O Lord, my strength. <laughs> Have you ever had that experience? Like you know it was God. If anybody knew what you knew about your situation, you would be removed. You would be destroyed. And 
the days and weeks and months after that, you were just in love with the Lord for his salvation, for his goodness and his kindness in your life. But a couple years pass, you've gotten stronger, and you've forgotten all about the God of your strength. David takes a census, but in Psalm 18, after he almost lost his life, he said, I love you, O Lord, my strength. Can you see David's infatuation with the deity because God, because of God's deliverance in David's life? Then in verse 3, David's love for God determines his disposition when he is under attack. I call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised, and I am saved from my enemies. Can you see that? David's like, I just want you to know. He can't let me testify. I want you to know who I call on when I am in trouble. I call on the Lord. And he's worthy to be praised. Why? Because he saved me from my enemies. Not, I, I might get saved from my enemies. Not, I once was saved from my enemies. But I'm perpetually saved. Whenever enemies attack, I win because God is my strength. David has the disposition in verse 3 of Jesus when he stands before Pontius Pilate in John nineteen eleven, Pilate's like, hey, 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 watch who you're talking to, Jesus. Don't you know I have power of life and death over you? What does Jesus say? Jesus told Pilate, the only power you have over me is that which God has allowed you to have. You are of no true consequence to me. God is my strength. God will rescue me. For the Savior knew his enemies were defeated in life and in death. Because God is his strength. I, I'm not hating on you. I'm not hating on David. I've been there myself. Friends, I'm not looking down on David. I know this temptation all too well to look to people rather than to look to God to secure me from my enemies. I've often found in days as a pastor when it is they, in the days of me being a pastor that is so tempting to look to people in the church to be the source of my strength. As a husband and as a father, often I look at my bank account as the source of my family's strength. I have even often as a minister looked to my own personality as the source of my strength, as a student to my own discipline and uh, giftedness as the source of my strength. But beloved, People will fail you. Money will fail you. Politicians and worldly power will fail you. But God never fails. This is what I believe the Johnson brothers, James Weldon Johnson and his brother, knew when they penned the Negro National Anthem, God of our weary years, God of our silent tears, Thou who has brought us thus far on the way. The hymnologist penned it this way. God never fails. God never fails. He abides in me. He gives me victory. God never fails. So keep the faith and never cease to pray. Just walk upright, call him noonday or night. He'll be there, he'll be there. There's no need to worry, for God never fails. God is our strength, friends. Therefore, we should sing, 
the songs of praise, the psalms of praise that God deserves our love, our praise, and our faith when enemies are attacking us. We can not only worship God on the mountain, we must worship him in the valley. This is a part of the Reformed tradition in the Heidelberg Catechism. First question, what is our only comfort in life and in death? Catechizer's answer, that I am not my own, but I belong, body and soul, in life and in death, to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. He has fully paid for all my sins with his precious blood. It has set me free from the tyranny of the devil. He also watches over me in such a way that not a hair from my head can fall from the hair from my head without the will of my Father in heaven. In fact, all things must work together for my salvation because I belong to him. Christ, by his Holy Spirit, assures me of eternal life and makes me wholeheartedly willing and ready from now on to live for him. Because God is my strength. Trump is not our strength. Biden is not our strength. Democrats, Republicans are not our strength. Our pedigree, our privilege is not our strength. Our family the strength of our own personality, brilliance and beauty, it is not our strength. These things all fade and fail. But Jesus' life, death, and resurrection is our only protection, our only salvation. Therefore, the triune God is the only one worthy of our love, our praise, our ultimate allegiance, our faith for God is our strength. Do you believe that? Pray with me. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your promise. I thank you for how you have proven in Christ Jesus that you never fail. So we reaffirm our love for you. For you have been our rescue and our refuge. You are worthy of praise in our eyes, Lord. And so we trust you afresh. And we ask you to forgive us for the trust that we have put in false gods. We return, Lord God, our heart's affection and hope in you, to you. Lord, order our steps that we might live out the love that we confess. That we will put our whole hope in Jesus Christ in word and deed. This we pray in your name, Jesus. Amen. God bless you. Thank you.
Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, all you nations, extol him, extol him. 